Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjoe Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is acing the security leadership recipe for digital. We wanted to cover this topic because, of course, digital is on everybody's mind. Business wants to go at 100 miles an hour. CIOs and other IT leaders are, of course, trying to support the best they can. But when it comes to security, they have to make sure that nobody loses their shirt in the, in the zeal to get to the next level of innovation and growth. And at the same time, we also have constraints and we have digital morphing. So it's not becoming any easier to deal with security. And it's not going to be a standard playbook that you can pick up and and build your program and go with it. So every security leader has to come up with their own recipe in context of their organization and also in context of what they're doing for digital. So we wanted to cover that. And for that, I have with me Brandon Champion, who is the CISO of Sineos Health. Hey, Brandon, how are you? I am awesome. How are you? Very good, sir. So since I have kind of set the stage on where we are going, we're talking security leadership and in the context of digital where everything is moving. So let's start with the first question I would have is we are trying to switch and fix and break and revamp everything possible when it comes to digital. We are purposely creating that Uh, flux because we want to rethink everything that we are doing as a business. And because of it, it's not getting any easier for the security leaders. But when it comes to someone having a breach, the CISO gets fired. Should we be holding back for what problems being created by others? And and if, if, if we had to tackle this challenge, how will you do it? And how would you even start becoming proactive knowing that rest of the the executives and the team and the whole organization is working in a different direction and you're supposed to try to control the environment, but you know you cannot? That's a, it's a very packed question, so let's, let's take a, a, a few bites out of this. So, so, yeah, I mean, just the whole digital transformation, um, you know, you, you definitely described it very well. Um, you know, I think it can be summed up in one word. It's just, you know, it's disruptive. And like any any sort of disruptive business change or, or technology change that's just, just going to generate, uh, you know, a lot of different moving parts in a lot of different directions. So, um, you know, security has always been sort of, you know, a field of, of uncertainty, a field of, of constant change, and, you know, I, I would argue that the, you know, the digital side hasn't changed that fundamentally. It's just really exponentially increased sort of that, that rate of change. So, um, you know, I think as, as CISO, one of our, our primary duties is sort of to remain calm under fire, and, you know, this is just a, a great example of, you know, just sort of an increased stress level, but... The, I think the, the fundamental tenets of, of security you know, haven't changed dramatically. They've just you know, been, again, accelerated to a degree that we haven't seen in a, in a long time. Now, one is that the word you used is fire. Now, the assumption is that whenever we're going to change things, even our intent is good, it is going to create fire or it's going to just put, uh, or it's going to create bigger fires. Now, we cannot say to the business, stop trying to grow or stop trying to disrupt. But if they are not keeping security at the top of their mind, how could you be just left dealing with the tail end of whatever comes out? Because even that becomes unpredictable. And no one can say they can handle all possible unpredictable situations and events. Correct, and you know, I think it all comes down to credibility, credibility with the business. So, you know, you've got to, you know, if you're not already in a position where you're interacting with the business very frequently, um, you know, you need to, to make that happen. Because um, at the end of the day, as you mentioned, you know, the, the CISO is often the, the scapegoat. Um, you know, we can we can argue philosophically on if, if that makes sense or not, but the reality is that you know, when when breaches happen, the, the CISO is the one who who takes the blame. 
Um, so with that being said, you know, it's inherent on us as uh, security professionals to embed ourselves as much as we can with the business um, and, and build up that credibility. And I think, you know, once you establish that credibility, um, you know, as you explain risk, as you explain, you know, in business terms, what these different opportunities that the, the business is trying to do as they try to grow and accelerate, um, what those could potentially mean to the, the bottom line of the, the business. And, you know, it's a, it's a balance between, um, you know, not uh, always the, the doom and gloom side of security. I mean, it's really easy to do, but once people hear that enough times, they, they sort of tune it out. So, you know, again, you've got to selectively understand, um, you know, when to, when to play your cards, when to really, you know, put your foot down on something that you, you know is a, a tremendous risk. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's all about understanding the security side, being able to communicate that in, in business terms. And again, you know, how you communicate that's going to be directly unique to, to your individual business and their individual risk appetites. Let's talk about credibility building for a second. Credibility by design, whether a new employee in a company or a leader or other different types of leaders in your organization, everyone has to build their credibility. I, I totally get it. But when it comes down to you trying to go and say, okay, I will talk to you properly, I will give you a vision, and it will talk about all of that. But eventually, credibility is built when you have some wins. Unlike other roles where things could be given some structure and you can plan to have some small wins, you kind of control the environment. But with security, you can get, do all the good and the big talk with them that we should do this or that, but when it comes to really making it happen or to have some sort of win, first of all, you cannot predict it, but you could have a win today but a big breach tomorrow. So what will you do to sustain that credibility for you to be able to charge ahead? Yeah, I, I think you, you can get some some wins even in the, the field of security. So there are... You know, tangible projects that you can put in place that would have, you know, measured impacts on, on risk. So I think, you know, a good strategy, especially if you're just coming in to the role or just coming into a new organization, is to, you know, do something like a security maturity assessment. Um, so that, you know, gives you a, a quantifiable score on, on where you sit. And then, you know, you, you should have your 30, 60, 90, you know, 180, one-year plan um, you know, look at sort of those low-hanging fruit items that you can actually implement successfully, run another maturity assessment, you know, later on in that year towards the tail end of the year, and you could, you know, quite easily demonstrate an actual growth there. I think doing something like that will establish, you know, some modicum of credibility. And, you know, we all know that credibility, it's, it's really difficult to, to earn, super easy to lose, and that's where, you know, you mentioned breaches as being something that they could could and probably will happen. And, you know, I think that breaches, in fact, depending on what the, the root cause of it is, it is a great opportunity to actually increase your credibility depending on, on how you sort of handle yourself and, and handle that entire incident flow during, during a breach. Let's bring up this context of digital now. You mentioned about perhaps doing a security maturity assessment. Maturity is always done in context or in, in comparison to a benchmark. We said that this is the environment we are playing in, and this is how much and how well have we handled or implemented the controls. So we have things uh, that we can tackle if they do come our way. Come digital that whole so-called static benchmark is thrown out of the window. So could you ever do a security assessment in a digital context where your even benchmark is shifting? Yeah, I, I think you can. I mean, I, you know, while digital is obviously disruptive and, and is obviously transformational, um, you know, I, I think if you're benchmarking across peer industries, um, you know, companies of similar size, revenue, industry, et cetera, they're all going through digital transformation as well. So I think that the, you know, the, the benchmarking is not as static as people may assume that it is, you know, it, it's a point in time, but what that point looks like today and what it looks like, you know, in, in several months when, you know, more digital activity has happened, are going to be different, but I think if you take that with context, that you know the, the assessment score can still be something of value. So let's hear from you. If you were to pick up, say, top three to five challenges, which would hold you back from 
developing a recipe for security leadership and then acing it? What would those be? Um, so I, I think, you know, the, the cloud adoption is, is definitely in my, my top things that, that keep me up at night. Um, I would also, you know, the, the mobile and, you know, I could even throw the, the BYOD idea in there as a, a similar bucket. And then, um, you know, the increased sort of use of, uh, of DevOps internally, um, you know, as a way that, that companies try to, to expand would be one. And then, um, you, know, you could throw this in the cloud bucket, but I'm going to separate it. Just the increased sort of uh, reliance on third parties. So, you know, even outside of, of cloud environment, but third-party service providers would be probably my top four. So when you mentioned this, and when I use the term digital, of course, naturally we will lean into looking from a technology lens. But digital also shifts quite a few things at a business level, at a process level, at a culture level. Where would you see the top challenges for the security leaders in those areas? Yeah, so I mean, if we're looking at it from the, the non-technology lens, you know, you're, you're dealing with really, um, you know, people, processes, and culture. And I would argue that, you know, culture ultimately dictates your, your people and your processes. So, you know, having an understanding of what that culture is from a, a digital standpoint, you know, what senior leadership is really, you know, what is their end goal and, and how are they going to get there? And I think, you know, um, frankly, a, a challenge can be, you know, a lot of times businesses see digital as a as a buzzword, as a demand, as something all their competitors are doing. But oftentimes, if you ask somebody to define what you know what digital means, uh, you know sometimes that's a, a challenge. So I think you know a role of a leader depends you know regardless of whether you're in security or, or technology or anywhere in the business, if there's not a clear understanding of of what your 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 mission is or your goals are to help you know, really tie those down and really, you know, put those in, in clear, attainable language. So I think, again, that the culture is probably the biggest challenge because it's going to really feed into to sort of all the, the sub-items from there. So let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And when we come back, based on the challenges that you mentioned, so we are going to build it in a, in a flex mode, this conversation, you mentioned the top challenges. Now, in order to tackle them one by one, how are you putting, or what is your foundation that you should build? Because, of course, you would have your own recipe, but it'll sit on top of some of those foundational elements you have to put in place so that anything that you try to execute on, it has got a firm foundation. So that said, what would those elements be to tackle the technology challenges, to tackle the cultural challenges, and, of course, related processes and uh, uh, people? What would you do? So please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN. CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So let's talk foundational elements, the very foundation you will build based on which you will solve problems related to people, culture, technology, and everything else in context of digital. So you did mention some of those top challenges. Now let's talk about solutioning. Sure. So I I mentioned um, cloud first, which is obviously more of a a technology type problem. So um, foundational sort of blocking and attacking elements here are going to be, you know, something like a CASB. So, I mean, I, I hate to, to use over use terms, but, you know, you can't protect what you don't know about. And, you know, with the ability for people to stand up uh, software as a service, you know, without even using a, a corporate credit card in some cases, 
is is obviously an area of concern. So, you know, something like a CASB would let your security team understand at the very least, you know, what's out there, what's being used, what you know, what that uh, usage looks like, and you know, getting a handle on on that. So, you know, taking a, a step away from purely technology standpoint, you know, having good governance over your your ability for users to, you know, purchase things on their own through a corporate credit card, for instance. So, you know, we we don't allow any technology purchases over a corporate credit card unless it goes through our, our vendor management process. And then we have security gates within that vendor management process to ensure, um, you know, people aren't standing up things that, that we're not aware of and, and aren't sort of signing off on. So, um, you know, I think those are, are foundationally items, um, you know, moving a little bit higher in the maturity level, is when we started to talk about things like data loss prevention in the cloud. Um, you know, so having a good data classification uh, program in place is is a prerequisite to do any successful data loss prevention program. So if, if you don't have a, a good solid data classification, you know, defining you know what can be stored in the cloud. Are there certain things that can only be put in you know, certain types of, of cloud environments? Um, you know, if you're a global business, uh, you know, what are the, the GDPR related elements of of sort of at the cloud. So, um, you know, as you can see, there's, there's a lot of, of moving parts once we identify and, and, and sort of look at all the, the potential risks that the, the cloud offers, but obviously the, the business sees the, the benefit of being able to quickly stand up servers, quickly stand up services, quickly share files across the world. So it is that, that you know, the balancing act that we're always doing. Now, you mentioned uh, about uh, this whole shadow IT or people using their corporate credit card. Now, the solution that you gave, of course, can be seen as, uh, in, a, in a traditional world, um, a way to control the situation. But the perception that goes out about security, and that's what even IT did in the past, but then they became, they, were, they got branded as no people, means you're stopping me from what I want to get done. If you guys are slow, I need to move at a warp speed. I need to turn on a dime. I want to be able to do it. So this is I is the business talking. Correct. And if you also then, along with IT or security, do this, then the so-called credibility gets a hit. Now, there was a, there is actually a trend right now is to figure out how to embrace this shadow IT or rogue IT, whatever the term that you want to use, but allow the business to do whatever they need to do, but not giving them uh, or not chaining them down or perceive, perceivably chaining them down by saying you have to go through us. So there are some strategies being used and discussed today, which will allow you to eat the cake and have it too. Any thoughts on that collaborative yet getting to the same end goal approach. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a, a distinct possibility, again, depending on sort of how mature some of your, your technology controls are. Um, you know, you, if you have good, solid things that are, you know, essentially you could tell people, hey, you can stand this up, but, um, you know, you're not allowed to, to share our, you know, whatever we're calling our, our top secret confidential data out on the cloud for reasons X, Y, and Z. And then you have technology controls to, to enable that. But then you also say, if you do need to share this, you know, here are sort of the, the IT or BT approved means to do that. So, you know, it's always one of those things where you, whenever you say you can't do something, you need to have some sort of alternative that you're offering. And that alternative is one that, that you vetted and that you're comfortable with. And most of the times, if, you know, if, if people see that they can do it, it might not be ideal, but it's a, you know, a working um, option. Again, you're not going to have everybody 100% happy, but at the end of the day, you know, you're finding that balance. But again, to, to your point, you know, business does want to do things at, at the speed of business. And at security, you know, we have to run ourselves as a business likewise. So, you know, when we're doing these checks, when we're doing um, you know, this vetting, we have to be agile as well. So, you know, another sort of thing we haven't hit on yet, but I think is, is going to be interesting to, to discuss is, you know, how do we leverage AI in this? How do we leverage, you know, security orchestration and automation? Um, are those things that we can, we can do as security professionals that are really going to align sort of our timeline with what the, the business is looking for? Now, when you are looking at all of these different things where you want to see things change the way you want, are you just going and asking people to change and they change? 
because your influence is, it's not easy for a security leader to exert influence on the rest of the organizations when you are, they know they, they need you, but they don't want you. Think about that, that position. Yeah, and I think, you know, this, this comes down to individuals and, and their sort of leadership styles and their, their leadership approaches. So, you know, the, I don't think that the CISO role is ever going to develop into one of pure positional or authoritative leadership influence. So, you know, um, I think in organizations that are more bound by compliance drivers and regulatory drivers, then, yeah, you, you could make that argument because, the, you know, the CISO can always point to a law and says, okay, we have to do it because it says this. And, you know, organizations that aren't bound that way, that's where, you know, again, as a, as a leader, you have to, to work on other means of, of influence. Um, and, again, you know, it's up to that individual or that you know, whatever's going to fit in that, that business culture to find that style that, that's going to be effective. Because, again, yeah, you're, you're right. It's going to be really tough to influence people um, because at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're not driving profits per se. Um, you're obviously preventing loss, which you can spin into the, the economic benefit there. But at the end of the day, you're, you're essentially a, a cost center. So should we say, and, and I don't want to make this claim for everybody, but should we say security leadership is a pipe dream or an oxymoron? Um, no, I would definitely would not say it's a, it's a pipe dream, um, and I wouldn't say it's a, an oxymoron. I, I think it's it's definitely in its infancy, on, and it, it, it's honestly still figuring out where it belongs organizationally. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussion on where you know the, the CISO role should sit organizationally. You know, should it be part of, of the IT organization? Should it be under you know, directly under the CIO? Should it report to the board? Um, so I think the fact that there's not sort of even a clear understanding of, of you know, where the role lives organizationally speaks to sort of the, the lack of, um, you know, maturity we still have in this industry and, and specifically in this role. So, you know, again, I, I think when we have the same conversation, you know, a, a few years from now, I think there'll, there'll definitely be a you know, more clearly defined understanding of, of really, you know, the role's importance and, and where it needs to, to live in the organization. So, would you say the security leaders like yourself should, I mean, while, while your end goal is, of course, to help everyone, but what, what should be the mindset or what should be the type of activities so that the rest of the world doesn't see you as chaining people down or chaining processes or organization down, instead setting them free? And freedom Correct. is connection to not having fear. And, you know, again, it comes back to the, the whole idea of, of credibility, where if people see you as a credible resource, as sort of that trusted advisor, as somebody who is, again, you know, has that, that subject matter expertise on security, but is also tied in intimately with the business and what it's doing. So, again, being able to speak to the business, being, you know, very familiar with the business objectives, mission, KPIs that the business is, is striving to, all of those things you can wrap security around, um, you know, again, given the right level of, of sort of communication skills, which, you know, we haven't really hit on yet. But, you know, your role is to, to really be, a, you know, at that level, a communicator. You're almost the, the liaison between the business and the rest of your security staff, the ones who are actually going to, to be enforcing the control, setting up the technologies. Um, you know, as a security leader, you have to be able to make that, that translation, and I think if you do a good job, this, you know, the, the business will actually see you as, a, as an ally, as an enabler, as somebody who can actually, you know, view security as a, as a business differentiator um, is, is, a, is a great end result that you should be striving for. So given your experience with, of course, dealing with security and being a security leader here at uh, Sinios, and also your peers across the industry, if you were to just inventory the specific type of messages or specific type of actions or projects which you did, which hit home, which allowed you to build your credibility, which allowed people to think that you were there to set them free. Which ones do you see top the list? Um, I'd struggle to identify just 
one, um, you know, a lot of it is really just, you know, making yourself available and, and placing yourself in, in the business. So, you know, whether that's, you know, in, in my role, you know, I, I talked to the, the audit committee once a quarter and, you know, the audit committee has several board members as well. And then, you know, we do some, some work with the, the board directly, um, you know, helping, especially when you're, you're just sort of, you know, finding yourself in an organization, um, you know, being able to use the, the board as, as sort of a, a driving force there really helps because, again, you know, again if, if you've got the board support, that gives you, again, a lot of, of credibility within the business. And once you, you have that, again, it's up to, to you not to blow it. So, um, you know, originally a lot of the work we were doing was around um, integration and migration. So Cineos Health was the, the result of a, a merger of equals. Um, you know, I came in right uh, as the first, um, you know, new hire orientation group of Cineos Health. So I was brought in to, you know, really help with some of those integration and, and migration issues. So, you know, being involved sort of in the trenches during, you know, the, the chaos that is any sort of merger, I think helps helps build a lot of, of credibility with the business too, that you're, you know, you're in there with them, you're, you're dealing with the same problems you're doing, but you're also more importantly helping them come up with solutions that are going to make the, you know, the, the combined company a, uh, you know, a more secure place, but again, more importantly, a, a better business. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's get into another area of delivering an outcome which is desirable with respect to making the fort secure, but keeping it th- keeping things simple for the other people while somehow figuring out how to manage complexity within the security department and then also even simplifying how you manage security. So it's simplification all the way through because things fly when you simplify. But what is the devil in the detail which someone has to look for? So step one, immediately, if I could simplify security for the end users, they will love us for that. That builds credibility, that builds affinity. But if it's going to kill us internally, that doesn't help either. So what's that playbook? What are those action steps that you will take right up front to achieve both of these outcomes? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN. CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, we're talking about the different kind of demands that are placed, and digital is not making things any easier. And what the rest of the community needs, all the constituents needs, the user base, they want you to make it like simple and fun to do what they want to do with digital. They don't care how complexity is is uh, bogging you down internally. But even that complexity should be handled timely so you do not implode as a security group. How do you achieve the two? So, you know, I, I think a, a reason, you know, why security and, and IT in general is, is fascinating is, you know, our role is really to make the, the complex simple for the end user, right? It's, it's to, um, you know, handle all of, all of the, the things behind the scenes and then, you know, put something that, that's going to, to have a great end user experience, enable the business to, to do what they're doing. So, 
Um, I, I honestly think that you know that the business isn't wrong by asking for a simple solution, and it's not their job to consider the complexity. Um, you know, it's our it's our role as as IT and security leaders to to figure out that complexity, and um, you know, but also if if there's something that's just not realistic, um, you know, being able to to communicate that effectively and, and tactfully. Now let's talk about something you did mention as part of your previous responses. We spoke about how do you exert influence and build credibility, and part of the response was that we got to be a resource to others, and I totally agree with you. Now, the challenge comes is there is not only a help needed as someone asks for, and that's where you act as a resource. There are things that you want them to, where you want them to follow you, you becoming the Pied Piper. That means you have to do something beyond being a resource so that they look up to you in a certain area and say, okay, we will follow your lead. And if you'll say to jump, we will ask how high, not literally in subservient way, but actually follow you. How does a security executive elevate themselves from just thinking or being a resource to becoming a leader? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where, um, you know, some, some people in the role may struggle with, especially if they're, you know, sort of coming directly from, you know, purely technical perspective where they're, they're used to measuring success and their ability to, you know, execute complex projects, deliver, et cetera. Um, but, you know, to, to truly be a security leader, a security executive, um, you know, the, the leadership side of the house is, is something where, you know, you've got to take, if you you know, haven't really actively been, been developing yourself in that manner, um, you know, that is just, it's a key to success or could be the, the number one reason you, you fail in that position. You know, we, we talked already about sort of the lack of your ability, um, you know, to probably have a level of tasking authority over people that you're trying to, to, to do things for you. So that's where, again, you know, there's other elements of leadership outside of just your positional authority just become paramount to, to the success. So um, I think you can be both a leader and a resource. Uh, I think it's easier to be a resource. Um, again, most people, you know, in, in security leadership, you know, at the very least have a, a very strong technical understanding of, of security and, and, you know, those elements. Um, but being able to be both a, you know, a leader and that, that resource is, is, I think, something that, that separates, um, you know, people at a certain level in their career. Where have you seen it you know, there may be instances, right, or not all throughout, but you yourself may have seen that a certain act or a certain set of words or something that you did working with others gave you that elevation, even though temporary, from being seen as a resource to people saying, I'd like to follow you, or they showed signs that they want to follow you. I mean, just, uh, you know, not trying to, you know, pass the buck somewhere else or not saying it's not my problem or not saying, um, you know, this is outside the, the scope of my role. It's, you know, I think people are, are drawn to uh, leaders who embrace challenge, who are, you know, looking forward to to taking something that's that's very complex and very challenging and, and you know, goes across different business units and, and owning it. Um, you know, so just being able to say, hey, I, you know, I got this, um, and, and, and executing on that more importantly, but just I think that, you know, the, the confidence and the willingness to accept something challenging, um, I think, again, goes a, a great deal to at least to the appearance of, of leadership. And again, your, your ability to deliver on those promises are, are really what's going to make or break you after that fact. Now, let's talk about your approach to um, the, the fundamental rethinking in digital context, about the people, the processes, and the tool, and the culture. Not, I mean, of course, you're thinking about all of those regardless, with or without digital. But let's, since we're talking in the digital context, how would people do things new, more, or different to achieve that optimum balance? Right. So, I mean, I think one of the, the foundational elements of digitization is, you know, taking um, processes that that weren't digitally based and, and turning them into uh, you know a, a digital approach or um, you know taking a solution and, and you know turning it digital. So anytime you're making a, a transformation of that type, um, you know it's a great opportunity for improvement overall. So you know improving the efficiency of a process, but then um, you know our 
our sort of role in this is to improve the, the security of those processes. So, you know, again, it all goes down to the, the, the culture changes needed in the business where if they embrace security and they see it, again, as something that could differentiate their business, um, you know, I think your, your success rate is going to be much higher where if people are, are baking in this idea of security as they're revamping these processes and turning them into to digital solutions, it just becomes a part of sort of the, the normal cadence of this transformation. Now, one is to be able to influence people below. Another is for you to take charge and, and be seen as someone, even an executive management uh, or, or the executive management would be willing to follow or the board will be willing to follow. Different styles, perhaps, managing up and managing down. What do you think has happened on the ground with you? What your actions, your words, your approaches have made people above you to see, come and seek your advice or look up to you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, your your communication style is definitely going to be different, um, you know, depending on the level of organization you're, you're trying to, to communicate with. So, you know, I do a lot of communication with technology leadership um, and, you know, just the amount of detail that I'm going to provide to them is tremendously less than the amount of, of detail that I'm providing to the audit committee or to the, the board. Um, you know, I'd, I'd take a, a three-slide deck to the, the board, um, you know, and that same information I would expand to maybe 12 slides for, you know, technology people because, again, they're, you know, they're interested, I think, in, in those details. They want to sort of see, um, you know, underneath the covers of, of what's going on while the, the board is 100% interested and, in, you know, just risk um, and being able to, again, take that and, and articulate that, um, you know, to, to a, a risk level to the, the board and just speaking their, their language. So, you know, something that I did just for personal development, um, you know, went back to, to school and pursued an MBA because I specifically wanted to be able to, to, to speak business. I wanted to be able to, you know, to understand financials. I wanted to understand, um, you know, the, the reports that they're, that they're reading and they're, you know, they're being sort of evaluated on. Um, and, I, and I, again, I think being able to, to sort of speak their language, there's almost a, hey, he's, you know, he's one of us type um, feelings that you get versus trying to, to go in with that, that, you know, that technical approach. Now, I've seen as uh, dealing with quite a few leaders is the folks who really are able to get a patient here from the executive management and even taking to the next level, they start following that individual is these individuals create a cadence of innovation or innovative ideas, which they take back to the leadership, invite them to a forum, discuss with them and get their blessing maybe for some of them, have the team under under this the security leader, for example, or, or an IT leader, get them focused on execution, and then they move on to the next three to five that they are going to pitch the next quarter. Do you think that model of you always blazing a new trail, going and looking at things, what are possible, and staying ahead and showcasing those things on a regular basis with a cadence, fly for a security leader? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I would take that approach and modify it a little bit. I think, um, you know, we shouldn't always be trying to, to you know, put the whatever the, the new shiny buzzword or, or new tool of, uh, of the day is in place um, all the time. Um, you know, it, I think you want to be able to show uh, you know, demonstrated measurable improvement every time you're, you know, coming in front of, you know, some sort of, of body that's going to be sort of evaluating your work. What I, you know, think it's important that we don't lose sight of is, you know, a lot of companies already have significant investments and in tools that they bought in the past, um, but we don't want to just put something in place to check a box saying, hey, you know, we have this. There's, you know, an underappreciated amount of, of value and really optimizing your your existing investments, and I think that's something that you can also highlight when you're doing these presentations. Is not only do we install new, new technology X, Y, and Z, but we also automated something we already have an investment in, and we're seeing a you know X percent of our reduction in you know whatever that tool is designed to to do. So I think you know optimizing existing investments as well as 
putting in new technology, to your point, to, to sort of try to stay ahead of, of what the, the latest threat may be is, is a, you know, a, a definitely a good com- combination for success. So I totally take your you know point well taken about not trying to go after the shiny toy. What I was hoping is to get validation from you is that instead of being reactive that somebody asks us to show how what what are you worth, you create the ownership or you you take the ownership of reaching out every quarter, setting up a steering committee or 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 that sounding board which is comprised of the executive management present to them that this is where we are going as a business this is where security landscape is going and we order we are supposed to look at things a little differently or new or more and and these are five opportunities that we can tackle so we will not then be stopping or be disrupted by a breach i cannot guarantee it but at least it'll reduce or minimize those chances and we'll be able to confidently move forward so you're no longer waiting for that call to be audited or be evaluated on your capability or your group's capability you are actually going back in front of them and saying every quarter i'd like to bring these four ideas out of which you may fund two of them, but at least we are making uh, a forward movement. It's a forward movement. Is this being oh, yeah. done by the security leaders at a cadence and yeah. proactively? Yeah, complete, completely agree. You know, when I do my updates, it's always, you know, it's a combination of, hey, here's what we did this quarter. Here are the things, um, you know, in the in the works. Here are the things that we want to, to fund. And, you know, we, we always share an updated uh, three-year roadmap where, again, the, the detail of that roadmap in the, uh, you know, the current year, it's broken down into quarters, and the next year, it's, it's you know, um, could be half quarter, full half, and then, the, you know, the full year or three years, a little bit more more vague. Um, but, yeah, and, and to your point, we always want to be moving forward with the understanding of where the, you know, again, it goes back to being tied into the business. So, you know, is the business looking to expand internationally? Is it growing? Uh, you know, are we going to do some acquisitions? Um, you know, what is the business going to be doing? Um, you know, what are the major digital transformations that are going to be happening? What technology is going to change? And, again, just staying ahead where you're not trying to, to bolt a, you know, security solution on after the fact. Is again, it's a way to, to increase both your visibility and your, your credibility at the same time. Let's take a, a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And once we are back, let's look at the leadership side itself, which means a good leader can be or it should be confident, but that person shouldn't be afraid of showing their vulnerability that, hey, I do not have answers to all possible questions, so I need help. Is it okay for a security leader to show that vulnerability in front of people below and above them with an honest intent to get help to move or rather secure that organization? Or we are supposed to always come across as a hero that nothing can phase us out. What should be the mindset and what should be uh, the security leaders doing today in context of digital where things are truly not in their control. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN. CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, imagine, Brandon, I'm driving or you're driving with your family in a car. And you're not feeling the most comfortable in the region that you are, or you're not sure, or you're lost. If you tell the rest of the family, hey, I'm lost, that really doesn't put your family at ease. 
But if you don't announce that, then you don't get possibly the help you need or ideas from the family for you to be able to take the whole family to the destination safely. Drawing that as a parallel to what you do as a security leader, yes, they look up to you, the whole executive management and people look up to you to keep the breaches away or basically reduce or minimize the damage. But you cannot play the hero. You cannot have that imposter syndrome overtaking your true abilities and actually taking your organization to a a vulnerable position itself. Yeah, and I, it's, a, it's a pretty good analogy between business and family. Um, you know, theoretically, your your family's there to, to work together for a common goal, and, and you hope that, uh, you know, in business, your fellow leaders are, are doing the same thing. And I think in both cases, um, you know, as a leader, both in the, the family and both in the business, it's, you know, really imperative that you're transparent. Um, I think, you know, transparency and leadership, um, you know, helps with just, you know, the overall viewpoint of how people are perceiving you, um, you know, what you don't want to do is is not be honest. And I think that um, while, you know, not easy to do, um, you, you can be confident um, without having all the answers. And I think there's ways that you communicate um, while still, again, maintaining your, your um, credibility and your, your confidence level to say, hey, you know, I don't know <laughs> what the answer is. However, you know, here are the steps I'm going to do to come up with a solution, and you know, I'm going to partner with this expert third party who um, you know is really good at this area that I'm unsure of. And at the end of the day, we're going to come up with a, a solution that that's going to again, um, you know, meet the what the business is trying to do. So, any any suggestions for the listeners? Because this is not an easy question, and it also puts a security leader on a tough spot, and a lot of people struggle, as I know, because I talk to a lot of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think any individual leader or not, um, you know, one of the things you need to, to really do is take an honest inventory of uh, your strengths and weaknesses. And again, nobody is perfect. Um, even the, the best leader in the world, you know, have, have flaws, and it, it's okay. We're all human. Uh, we all have issues that we're not the strongest at. But um, I think individuals, again, leaders are not, that continue to develop themselves, um, you know, take that inventory of, of where they're good, where they're not, and take steps to address the, the areas of improvement. Um, you know, again, if you're constantly developing yourself in, in areas where you're not strong at, you're going to become, you know, a better employee, but more importantly, a, a better person. And a good leader is supposed to basically build other leaders. That's their legacy. And for that to happen, you got to give yourself the breathing room so that you have the time to help develop others versus just fighting fires and also allow your people to have the breathing room so that they can work on themselves and evolve themselves with your help or otherwise. Is there something specific, intentional, and procedural or or in a structured manner done by people like yourself in the security domain in context of digital where people have more than a spilling plate and literally there is no time to breathe to make sure you 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 reduce the workload on them yeah i guess where i think you know, autom- automation can help. Um, so, you know, there's there's obviously a big push in the security space for for sort technology, things that allow us to leverage things like AI to to do a lot of the you know repeatable tasks that that eat up a lot of of the security team's time. Um, so, freeing them to sort of do more interesting and more challenging work. Um, you know that it's more tailored toward there's individual development. You know, obviously helps the, the team get results, but then also helps people to, you know, move into those areas of specialization that that you know they're really passionate about. I think when you know, obviously when people are are passionate and they're um, you know having that career development at the same time, it's it's really a, a win-win for everyone involved. One final question I have for you, which is about going and trying to make sure that what happens with digital going forward, I mean, part of it we know, but many things which we don't. 
the uncertainty, the volatility, the complexity, these things are not going to get any lesser. So if this security leader who we have today, including yourself, you might have to shed the current skin and get a new skin, the thicker one, to be able to figure out what will you do in this particular madness, which is not going to get any less. What would you recommend for people who are trying to become the best security leader they can be so that they can say, yes, I am ready and I will defend the fort? Yeah, I mean, it's it's all about embracing change. So, I mean, we, we can have a couple of different reactions to change. We can resist it or we can come to appreciate it and, and see it, you know, as a way that, you know, our business is working to, you know, remain competitive and to, to grow. And I think if you, you know, sort of see that and just change your, your lens to see change as, as something that you're welcome and welcoming because it's it's a sign that the business isn't being stagnant, that the business is adapting to the future. Um, and, and you want to be part of that. Um, and I think, you know, security in general most people got in the field because it is ever-changing, because it is something different every day. You know, just see this as an opportunity to, to get more of that, um, you know, at a faster pace. And, again, I think, you know, how you deal with conflict, how you deal with challenges, it's purely on yourself to, you know, how your attitude sees it. And, again, you know, it may, may take some effort, but I think if you frame your mindset around changes being uh, positive and just embracing that and going with it, you're going to set yourself up for success. On behalf of our show and the listeners, thanks so much, Brandon, for sharing your insights about how they, uh, all the security leaders can develop the security leadership muscle, a good recipe which is very unique to their organization and the constraints and, and the goals that they have, and actually work towards acing it. Thanks so much. This was very, very valuable. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it. Thanks so much. And hope listeners, you got some good nuggets out of this conversation. Please like us on Facebook, search for CTN and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn group and listen to our podcast on over 23 syndication channels. We are almost everywhere where you can find a podcast. So please listen and please rate us. Thanks so much again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>